With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news and the home of the Bader Inc. College Football Statistical Model. This is a Sharp College Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And it is, uh, you know, the transfer portal closed. And that's exciting. That's exciting. Now, it happened like a day ago, so... Figure it out, people, for for one more week longer before we start really diving into who's in, who's out, who got a, a crazy haul. You know, I saw that ASU and Colorado got like seventy seven people in the transfer portal, so that's exciting. We'll dig through all that stuff as the off season goes along. But that's neither here nor there because we have a scandal. We have a scandal on our hands to open up the podcast once again. Pac twelve Network doing the best it can just to be the Fredo of of all the power conferences. And joined, joined really to talk about that and about Washington football. It's Mr. Rob Barron. What's up, Rob? Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I mean, it's it's supposed to be like a slow news news period, and, and then like <laughs> you know, you go and fire your CFO and the head of the Pac-12 network. So, so the good news here is that the Pac-12 was getting more money than anticipated. The bad news was they were getting it illegally. <laughs> so that's a problem. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so apparently, I mean, the uh, the news is that CFO Brent Willman and Pac-12 Network President Mark Shukin are have been fired because in 2016, one of the distribution partners, now this distribution partner was not ESPN or Fox, but one of the distribution partners had overpaid by a material amount and nobody said anything. <laughs> they just kept the money. <laughs> I, I guess illegally is the wrong word. More just morally dubious is is yeah. likely a better way of uh, of putting. It. I mean, no, I don't think anybody's going to get sued. I'm you know the one thing that'd be interesting and uh, is to figure out uh, who found out and who told them, right? Um, and, and who the idiot accountant was that was like, they, you know, like the CEO goes in their office like, you're paying for this god awful product and you paid more than we needed to. How dare you? So right. I'm sure there was a firing on the other side of the coin as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's um, yeah, the Pac-12 actually hired an auditor. So yeah, they're 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 like they they're the distribution company has filed a claim. Like they will be wanting their money back, of course. <laughs> so, so, so someone's not getting a new defensive coordinator next year. That's that's yeah, what we're saying. Somebody's yeah. Look, like, I mean, it's it's a disaster. This whole thing has been a disaster. Uh, I I. If I had to bet a lot of money, I would that Larry Scott's mortgage balance is still out there and, and unpaid like that. That I'm sure he got away with that. But, you know, like, again, it's 
you know, who who knows what other sludge is, is hidden underneath these rocks that uh, George is picking up as he, he tries to clean up this conference. But uh, I, th- yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I saw that and I just immediately laughed out loud. And then you, you're like, oh, there's a scandal. And I'm like, what? oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that, yeah okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd like as, as we look into this year, the, this upcoming year, you know, there's there's some teams that have really put together. Like we we can kind of understand who they were last year and start to project into the future. And Rob, as, as we were moving through the off season, I think what we're trying to do is look first at the teams that are more or less put together, or they were who they were last year, um, and try to see what we have in the future. And uh, and and like obviously with some of these teams, like all all of these transfers are going to make a big difference. So we'll make sure to cover that, um, you know, as we move along. But we wanted to work through Washington this year to do kind of a post mortem on who they were, you know, at the end of the year. And because you know Michael Penix is coming back, because the coaching staff is there, because they're bringing back a decent number of players, uh, we figured that Washington would be a good team to do. In addition, we did Arizona last week, and uh, yeah, same thing here, same quarterback. A lot of really solid pieces coming back. Um, the offense was really solid. So th- th- there's like really some baked, some things that are already baked into this team's DNA as we look forward into 2023 slash four, <laughs> hopefully 2024 for Washington. Uh, Rob, you know, wh- what did you think about Washington this last year? Uh, you clearly, I think we both thought there was a chance that they could be pretty good, but like 11 and two uh, was, was even like kind of, went above my expectations uh, and which were fairly high for this team. Yeah. I mean, I thought they like, they had a really, I mean, one, it helped that, you know, even though the PAC 12 had a bit of a bounce back year this year, like it was still largely a pretty, (laughs) pretty weak conference. Um, You know, like once you got past the top team, you know, the top couple of teams and like there was nobody out there, you know, within the conference that was like a a real juggernaut. Washington also lucked out. I mean, they they don't face USC. They don't face Utah this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, like if I mean, I think like if you look across the schedule, like the for the most part, like they won the games that you would have expected them to win. I mean, the one the one real exception, you know, is that. is that UCLA game, <laughs> you know, where like UCLA just beat the pants off them, um, you know, and that game could have been, you know, like, and perhaps should have been even worse than the final score, you know, overall. So like they, you know, like I, I, I think they, but like, you know, you look across the rest of it, like, I mean, that, that they had a really good win at Oregon. That was, you know, that, that really helped propel their season, I think in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I mean, like overall, like a, you know, a, a really good year for the Huskies, a really good bounce back year. But I mean, not in the way that we were. I mean, maybe we were expecting. I didn't expect the offense to make this kind of jump, right? Like, yeah, and and you were higher than most people on Penix. You're basically like, hey, when he had a good coordinator and he was healthy, he was awesome. And he has a yeah. good coordinator and he's healthy, so he should be awesome. Kudos so, but- to me on that. But like, I wasn't expecting them to be like the number six offense, you know, day rank this season. Yeah, I mean, and just looking at Penix, and then we let's let's dive into what they were on the offensive side because it was it was really just a fascinating team, even from the running back position, where it's like, you know, the Virginia transfer ended up actually being pretty good for them, but. Penix, right? 4,600 yards, 65% completion rate. He averaged about eight and a half per throw uh, or per completion, 31 touchdowns, eight picks. There was a couple bad picks in there. Not going to lie. There was a couple of them, but not for the most part. I mean, just 
holy goodness. Like I know that some Washington fans were pushing him to at least be in the Heisman uh, conversation and he was close and that's what you want. And he's coming back. Like this is, if you're a Washington fan, you gotta be really excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the like Panics had a fantastic year. I mean, and this was the number one passing offense in Beta Rank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like no, they didn't run the ball hardly at all. <laughs> you know, like when they got yards, it was overwhelmingly through the air. Um, but they weren't just like dink and dunk. Like Panics took his shots down the field. Um, I should say also they had a really inexplicable loss to Arizona State of all teams. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like they uh, like this is a, I mean this is a team that uh, you know really I think in a lot of ways if they had you know if they had won that game against Arizona State they're they're likely playing in the you know Pac-12 championship game and then they'd have a, they you know they'd have a really good shot in that game. Um, but like the flip side was that the defense was oh I mean, the Lord bottom, Almighty the bottom didn't just fall. Oh, I mean, they it fell all the way off, and I was surprised because it wasn't where I was expecting. I mean, last year they were really weak against the run, and this year it was it flipped. I was not expecting like the bottom to fall out of the Washington secondary and pass rush quite like this. Well, there there were two things that really jumped out for us at the beginning of the year when it came to okay, what is this defense? I mean, the first was that DeBoer has been awesome on the offensive side. But we were kind of dubious in terms of what he was bringing with him from uh, Fresno State in terms of he brought his guys right on the defensive staff. And these are guys that, for the most part, really hadn't made a name for themselves in terms of defensive coordinators and, and just being, being able to build up a defense. So that was that was interesting. I don't think there's been any major firings from the Washington side. We'll have to double check on that. But like certainly no, I, I think Inge is back at, at D.C. Yeah. Not excited about that. Not excited. But I mean, the other thing, though, that was interesting was this was really the first year when we were reviewing the roster where we said, oh, wow, like the secondary, like these corners might not be good. (laughs) And and there was no experience, really. No, they they went with like an FCS All-American and just some guys. And then I know even at the safety position, there were some names that really like that a lot of Washington fans were familiar with. But familiar with in the sense of like oh they really haven't really stepped up at the level that we really want them to um and you know our friend Hithliday just craps all over the inside linebacking core forever and Bob Gregory somebody like there there were some holes in this defense that we just didn't know how bad they would be um you know in terms of pass coverage where where did they where did they end up you know in general compared to everybody else in the conference I mean in Banner they were at 113 <laughs> which is bad that's I mean, awful yeah that's really is, really bad i mean like they were helped out a little bit like they had i mean what i have to say is like i, I think they got a little i think they got a little lucky against a texas team that is was like that offense was trending in the wrong direction over the back half of that whole season right yeah you know like and and so they they did like even with the down weighting that i did on the bowl games like their defense jumped up a bit to, to 65 overall um, which is still a really bad power five defense, but I mean, their, their absolute weakness was against the past. They were at 30, you know, an effective rush. Um, I was always surprised when teams would choose to run the ball against Washington. I was like, did you guys not know what's, did you guys not know what's up? <laughs> um, but part of it too is like teams overwhelmingly, you know, knew what the newer Washington's, you know, like, big area of, of uh, you know, and uh, big weakness was and, and went after it. Yeah. 113 in, in 
oh, man. Like at first I thought you said 113 overall, and I would have believed you. I just oh, they were really bad, but like they, they picked it up. I mean, they they did pick it up a little bit towards the end. I mean, they had a they had a decent game. Um, I mean, some Washington fans were like blowing it out of proportion, but they had a decent game against Washington State to end the season. You know, like they they held them to 33 points, but like you know, like largely in the second half, largely shut them down. You know, and 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 they had, I mean, the the game against Oregon, they had a decent game too. Oregon had a really good offense. Um, it was just a, you know, it was just a it, like. They got to the point where they were just merely a very bad power five defense rather than like an awful one. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what they're able to do in, you know, next year, right? Because they're losing some players. The one thing that they did do, right, and we'll get into this when we do our transfers, is they did bring in just a whole bucket load of people. And yeah. when you take a look, you know, it looks like Scout is a little bit better in terms of the the transfer portal and the rank the recruiting rankings than um uh, rivals. And so you're, you know, if you take a look at what they're bringing in, they're bringing in some interesting people from, uh, uh, from Mississippi State. Like, you know, they brought in a four-star corner from, um, from uh, uh, Oklahoma State, which is like everybody and their mothers transferring from there. So you know, they were able to get yeah. on that train. But uh, so I think there's like some interesting pieces that they're trying to put together. But for the most part, like I do think that the identity of this team is kind of going to be similar to what we saw last year. Maybe the secondary is a little bit better, but when you take a look at like, you know, if, if, if you give me a 30 against the rush and if they finish like 80 against the pass, I think the offense is going to be pretty similar to what we saw last year. And I mean, their, their schedule wasn't super difficult as I recall this past year. So I'm interested to see who get right. Cause they got Arizona out of the South. Um, and good for you on that. You know, Kent State, Portland State. I mean, they did play Oregon State and, and Oregon, but I think those are the only two ranked teams outside of that, like, bonkers, you know, 11, <laughs> number 11 Michigan State team that was clearly not there uh, when right. they were playing Washington. So I, I, I'm curious to see as the schedule picks up with them next year how good that defense is because I do think, like, it, it is a team that could probably put together, like, another really good season just because the offense is so good. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because we're going to get to see that. I mean, they, they're going to go play at Michigan State next year, which is maybe a game we go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they've got – and but they may not have – I mean, it's not like – I mean, Michigan State had some uh, – I mean, they had a really terrible offense last season. So I wouldn't necessarily expect that we're going to know. I mean, and Tulsa didn't have a great offense last year either. Um, now they got a new head coach coming in. But they get Boise to start out the year. Now, Boise had a decent offense, you know, a little bit of decent offense last year. Maybe Boise tests them a little bit. But, like, the first offense, they're probably going to get Cal. And I mean, we talked about I like the Cal offensive coordinator hire. It's sort of a we'll see, though, yeah. uh, on where they take out. Like, the first offense they get with a pulse is might be in, in week five with Arizona. But then they get Oregon, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then we're definitely, I feel like we're definitely going to know now, Oregon, of course, has a new OC coming in. Um, I like the hire, but it's going to be, you know, like it'll, they'll, it'll, it'll take a little bit to sort of figure it out, but like, yeah, their, their offense should be that. I mean, the flip side of it too is like Michigan state. I mean, Boise has with Avalos as the head coach, I think does have a decent defense for, you know, group of five standards. 
but like they may, man, like the, the flip side of it is like they could score a million points next year. Holy smokes. They may not play a really good defense until Utah in like week 10. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and then you get Oregon State, and then Washington State. So they may not face like a defense that's like, I mean, other than Michigan State, like maybe in the top thirty until week ten. It, it's a fascinating schedule, right? Because you know that, like, right. So let's take a look at the advanced stats on their on the offensive side for them because they're awesome, right? Like. Yeah, you know they they were sixth in the country, and you know just if you could just dive through some of these because it's like a lot of one digit rankings, and that's always good except for rush. But even when you look at how they rushed, I thought like, I mean they they were they they were able to move the ball and be effective rushing the ball. They just didn't you know blow they the doors do off. They do a lot, right? So like so in Baderick, it's worth calling out that I don't I calculate defensive effective rush and effective pass at the margin. Um, so I care about like the per play. Um, what you're doing there but on offense offense has choice right and so like you know the if you just do it at the margin for offense you could end up with some like weird result where like navy is the most effective passing team in the country because like when navy throws the ball they always catch you by surprise and you know like get a bunch of yards um but it's much like it's much more interesting to look at it as like all right like how do you if you are if you're going to stop this team how do you what do you have to stop um, and so for Washington, like they almost always chose to throw the football, and that's how they put up the majority of their points. Now it's not to say like, yeah, they were pretty effective when they ran the football, um, but I'm not like if you flipped it around and said, all right, now Washington like has to run the ball a bunch. I don't think they'd be very effective at it, right? Like the pass set up a lot of their run success. Um, but yeah, number six overall, they were number three in drive efficiency. And this is a testament to Penix and the play calling and the route running and the offensive line. I mean, like their drive efficiency number to be able to sustain drives as much as they're throwing it requires one. I mean, it requires like Penix to have a decent completion percentage and he hit 65%, which is sort of like in modern college football, like where you want to see a quarterback is right around that 65% range. But he also took some deep shots, right? Like he had 8.4 per attempt. Um, you know, like he wasn't just thinking and dunking out there to, to get to that completion percentage. Um, they were great. They were all, I mean, they were really explosive. Number eight in explosive drives. Number six in play efficiency. That's, that's your yards per play outside of explosives. Um, and then they avoided three and outs and avoided turnovers. Number five in negative drives. Um, this is a great off. I mean, they're like, they were averaging just in raw points per drive, almost 3.5 points per drive. So, uh, I mean, they're averaging half a touchdown every time they got the ball. When they lost, they scored 32 and 38 points, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so <laughs> that's just, that's, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the Pac-12 and across the country that would take that, right? Like you lose and you, you still put up 30. Um, that's just great. And then, like when you take a look at just the the raw stats, I mean, they had two wide receivers with a thousand yards. And it's funny, like when we do our bowl research, like the like especially teams that I don't know as well. And this was even more back before we started really, or before I started diving into advanced stats. I just look for the wide receivers, like on the other the opposing bowl team, and be like, oh, that one they, they got a thousand yard wonder. Like Washington has two of them, um, and, and they're bringing in really good talent. So they're going to continue to be able to throw the ball. The the play calling is excellent on that front. And then even when you look over at the rushing, like Wayne Talipapa, uh, Talipapa got, had almost 800 
hundred yards, almost nine hundred yards. He averaged six yards a carry, um, and he was the one where I thought they were going to give him the ball, like for you know third and you know third and four, third and three. And he and Cameron Davis were really able to to be fairly strong. I mean, he was significantly better than Davis, but th- just the fact that they were able to be threatening enough to keep teams on their toes just enough to be able to respect the run. That's great, right? Because it takes even less pressure off of, uh, uh, you know, your offense in terms of how you're throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought, I think one of the interesting thing next season is like, is the offense able, I mean, do you want to diversify at all? Probably not, but. No, no. You know, yeah. like, um, you know is there possibly, like, I mean, there is a possibility that they could be, I mean, I think every, like, the tough thing is after a season like this, I think everyone, when you bring your quarterback back, you've got the offensive coordinator back. Everyone just sort of expects you to be better than you were. And I mean, I, I think if Washington's just as good as they were, like that's, that's another great year, right? Like um, now if they are able to take another step forward, like they might need to run the ball a little more effectively than they were um, in order to, 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 you know, add a little more in that phase of the game. But overall, it's a great offense. Um, you know, and like Derek, you know, if, if Washington's going to improve, I mean, like really make it, you know, a, a difference next season, um, an improvement, I mean, it's going to come, you know, on the other side of the ball. I mean, and, and special teams, they were at 23. So there's, there's still some room for improvement there potentially, but like the, the biggest place that they have, you know, like, you know, where they could really bust into the top 10 or be the best team in the pack 12 is like, is, is if they could cut their, you know, if they could improve their defense to just being like number 30 overall, like middle of the road, power five defense, like combine that with that offense, you're probably the best team in the Pac-12 next season. Yeah. I'm just, I'm worried, you know, when you flip it back over, I'm worried about the defense, right? They got an awesome corner in a Jabbar Muhammad from uh, Oklahoma State. Like he, he's, he's going to immediately start like right away. And that's cool. <laughs> but then like, right. Then you start looking around right. and you go, all right, I know they're filling bodies in, but you know, like Raylan Goforth is one of the players that they brought in from, uh, from USC. And it's just, I don't know, man. I, I think this kind of, I think the defense might, it, it will improve, but if they're at like 60, I would be, I would take that. And I don't think that wins you the, the pack 12. I think that makes you interesting and it puts you like in the Alamo bowl. But I don't know if yeah. this, I don't know if they're just they're kind of like USC except like you know people like them you know, <laughs> you know like USC right, yeah. it's like they're much more likable <laughs> <laughs> right like I mean and and I think we'll see like do they do they have them on the schedule I gotta take a look that because that game would be awesome so they do have USC this season um, they're right there Utah yeah, yeah. so the, this their schedule does you know it starts out pretty soft with some non-conference, then you get Michigan State that's going to take a step up. Then you have Cal and Arizona. I mean, and I'll grant you, like, Cal and Washington played a stupid game last year. <laughs> you know, but, like, you know, Washington should have blown the doors off Cal and didn't. You know, like, they had one of their worst games. Um, I mean, and for Cal, it was one of their better games of the year. But then you get, you know, Oregon. And then you got kind of like, a, I mean, what you might think of as like a two-game break, Arizona State. I know you did lose to Arizona State last season, but Arizona State and Stanford. Um, but, yeah, like the, the you know, the down stretch is going to really tell a lot about this team. I mean, because you're going to get another team in USC that is, you know, like they weren't in – they didn't have – like they had an offense 
better than Washington. They were at number four overall, but they had a worse defense. <laughs> they were at number 90. Um, and worse special teams, too. But, I mean, USC, I think, is – is bring, I mean, I, I think you could argue is bringing in more more players and more talented players. So, like, I'm, I'm not sold on Alex Grinch, you know, like I was maybe like three years ago. I mean, three years ago, I thought Alex Grinch was a really – good get for Oklahoma, a defensive coordinator. Um, I'm just less sold on him right now. Um, but Inge hasn't shown me that he could do it at the power five level yet either. So, I mean, is it, like, that'll be like, that'll be a really interesting game. Like, but it feels like, I mean, it does feel like, again, like we talked about a little bit, like this past year is like, Utah is like the only really complete team within the conference. Um, you know, and you'd probably expect them to largely, fill that role again right and it's sort of like can any of the offensive juggernauts that are all returning their quarterback you know like um take you know take any step forward on defense yeah the other thing to keep a lookout for and they'll probably close on this you know or, or anything else you want to close on right the recruiting for washington that was the other thing that we were a bit dubious of right are they, you know depends on what you want to be and we talked about this last year. Like, what do you want the Pac-12 to be? What do you want your team to be? You know, do you just want to be competitive in the conference? Uh, do you want it just to be fun? Or do you want to compete for a national title? I don't, like, Washington isn't even close to competing for a national title. Their offense certainly is. But the just, like, the depth, right? Like, you know, TCU's offense was fun, too. And they just got waxed by Georgia. So I say this because when you take a look at the recruiting class for this year, Right, like we're probably going to see two freshman corners. They might not start, but they'll definitely see the field because oh, they're they definitely going to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and th- those are the best signees that they got. Was the two corner? I think they kind of understood that. But then when you take a step down after that, like their recruiting class looks like an Arizona or like an ASU, like a normal ASU class or a normal Utah class. Um, a couple four stars and a bunch of three stars. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of go, you know, that which is fine. Like if you're a Washington fan, that's fine. But and, and you know your offense is going to be good, but you just got to under like you know how if you get another year of this kind of class, what is Washington in a couple of years? And and I don't I don't know the answer to that. Like maybe the coaches on the the defensive front are actually really good and they're able to build up the three stars. But I just you're I, not you're you could go to like look in an expanded playoff, you could go to the you could win the pack like the Pac-12 without USC. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Like you could, you could, you could, but you're going to get, you're going to get the doors blown off you if you get, I mean, and, and this is a good point too, is like in 2016 when Washington went to the playoff and that game against Alabama wasn't particularly close 2016, like the difference between the number one team and the number four team was a lot smaller than it is these days. Like, and so Washington got into the playoff as like a number eight team and they drew the number, you know, like, you know, like let's, or the, you know, they draw the number four. Like there, it, it, some of those games could be really tough for them. I mean, this is not, I mean, if you're Washington and you're, you're finishing on outside the top 25 and your recruiting class ranking, like that's rough. And if you, like, and, that is, yeah. that's really, I mean, cause like Washington, they're coming off an 11 win season. They've got a got like, I mean, they, they've absolutely should have some momentum. Like, do they not have, I mean, and this is get like a question you really have to like, are they not able to, and Washington, great school. There's a lot of like, I mean, 
Do they not have the alumni engagement to put together, you know, like uh, the, you know, the money to, to for NIL? Like what? They, they, they should assign better players, I guess is the end of this. Right. Yeah. And if you're a Washington fan, right. T- like 11 and two awesome coach, that guy has won everywhere he's yeah. been. Um, you're going to have a fun. Offense. You're keep the board. You know, that. Oh yeah, that's the, <laughs> I mean, that's the other part of the money. Problem, right? like, I know. But, but I mean, like, why like, I mean, DeBoer, I mean, like, DeBoer, if he puts together, you know, a couple more big seasons here, like, somebody's going to come knocking, right? Yeah. Like, um, and I'm not saying it's going to be like Washington's probably not going to lose out to, you know, like, like a, a Big 12, like, Purdue, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, or even like a lower level Big 10 team, but like, DeBoer puts up like some big numbers, like somebody's going to come knocking for him, right? Like that, that's just going to happen, or they're going to come knocking for like. And DeBoer is probably largely the the mastermind behind the scheme, but like Grub's a really good play caller. Like Grub is probably not going to stick around. Like he'll either get his own head coaching job or you know get a you know an opportunity to go to to call plays for a playoff team. You know, um, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not saying this is like... I mean, this is this is just going to be life at the the level outside of the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, which is sad because man, he's so fun, and it just really seems- everything about this is fun. Like I just you wish that, like and we talked about this is like they need to bring in better players because like if DeBoer is gone, you don't want to have a roster of guys that yeah. like work because you have a magic coach. Yeah. You know, like it's it's like you know an R.I.P. Leach, but like kind of a similar instance where. I mean, and, and to to their credit, right? The coaching staff of Washington State has done a good job, like keeping that keeping that floor pretty high. But I mean, you saw the drop off in wide receiving talent like immediately after he left, and you're just like, oh no, um, you know what? What you know? Who's going to catch the ball for Washington State? So no, I'm I'm excited. I re- I really like this team. I really like the coach. It seems like everywhere he's got, like I you know I I don't follow you know him like a private eye, but it seems as if he. Hasn't he hasn't caused problems, right? You have you have the coaches that are successful, and then yeah. and, and but the, there's extracurricular activities and and all in the bad way, right? It just seems like this is a guy that gets his gets gets things done. He has his head on a swivel. He's won everywhere he's gone. He's he's building an offensive identity, and it's just kind of like, can they bring in the defense? And I yeah. don't know, and I don't think they can this year. And maybe it's next year, but by that point, to your your point, Rob, like if you're a Washington fan and they win 10 games, nine games, even next year, like you kind of got to look behind you and see, Hey, you know, Hey y'all here comes like, you know, like a big 10 team that has a, bu- a bucket load of money, like in Nebraska. It's funny. Cause like the last time Nebraska poached a, a pac 12 team, that didn't go very well. Uh, but you know, I, I just, you're right. I do think that there is, there's going to be an opening for him because he just continues to do what needs to be done to win, to win. And that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I mean, think about it, I guess, is, like, if you are, so let's say, I mean, Jim Harbaugh is just, he's inevitably going back to the NFL at some point, right? Like, it just feels like 
Yeah. He's not, he's legit, you don't keep going back and like interviewing with every NFL team just because you want to like squeeze a few more dimes out of like the couch in Michigan, right? Like, you yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, like, I could absolutely see, you know, like Michigan, you know, being a landing spot. I mean, like that guy, I, I think, I, I think he could go for like one of those like bigger, like, uh, or, or like a Penn state eventually. It's like Franklin ever burned people out and happy that, I mean, he's, he's owed a lot of money, but that know, was, Penn state, yeah, that was the one uh, I was thinking it was Penn state. You know? Yeah. Or, I mean, like you could even see him at like an SEC type school too. Like, I mean, you know, like the money's just going to, I mean, and I say this is like, a, and and this is, you know, this is like Washington. I think fans got used to with Peterson because, like, Peterson wasn't. I mean, Peterson only left Boise to take the Washington job because he could exist in a largely pro sports market and like not be in a fishbowl, right? Yeah. Um, and he he thrived in that, but like Peterson was never taking another job. <laughs> You know, so there's never that fear of like him really losing out uh, or them really losing out on a coach. Like, I don't I don't think DeBoer is that guy at Washington. Like, and, and, and that's the, and that's fine. Like, that's the way it works for most schools. Right. Like you're going to have like if you're successful and you're not I'm like you're probably and, and this. But this even goes for like, you know, like Nick Saban left LSU to go to the NFL. Like sometimes like you're even sometimes even the very best schools are going to lose their guys. Like it's not like it's not like you got like Tom Osborne, right? He's running some offense that they're just not going to run in the NFL. It's not like like that. (laughs) Yeah. The the biggest thing that I think Washington fans need to look out for is you just need to make sure that Harbaugh doesn't blow another couple Tinder dates, you know, the next couple of years with these NFL teams because of that. And if, and if he does, like, you know, or if he is able to land a job like that, they go NFL because like think of all the cards that start falling once that happens. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and, and DeBoer might be third on Michigan's list, but, you know, maybe that's where they or, or if they he puts up another 10 win season. DeBoer is going to be tops on a lot of people's list. Right. Because like who else is going to be there? Like what? Like Sonny Dykes, you know, like if he has another good year at TCU. Mike Norvell, maybe from Florida State. I don't know. Florida State's got some pockets, though. Like Florida State, like Florida State, has some people that really care. <laughs> and I don't. Um, I mean, now Norvell is a guy that I think he has a team that is close to being consistently really good. But like, I don't think there's anybody else on like the ACC that you'd look at and be like, oh yeah, there's somebody that somebody could poach, right? Like Dabo's probably not going anywhere unless like Saban leaves Alabama. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lanning, right? Lanning would be the one where if he, if he puts yeah. up three years, but like, you know, to that point, Washington could beat Oregon next year. <laughs> like they just can. I, well, I think I mean, you got to like Washington's chances a little bit. I mean, like Oregon certainly has recruited better. Yeah. I think Oregon yeah. probably has a better roster, but Washington has the known commodity at OC, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a big advantage coming in the next year because, like, yes, I, I do like the hire that Oregon brought in from uh, UTSA, but um, we haven't really seen him coach at this level, you know. And like, we're it's. I mean, mileage may vary less. Like, he did a really good job at UTSA, but it's not exactly like a sure thing. Like, you feel like with Washington, you're like, well, I know how this works, right? Yeah. Huh. Now, I'm 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 excited to to see what happens here because. You know, I think I think we're gonna get DeBoer for at least another year, maybe two or three, 
Maybe, yeah. maybe two. I think probably two. But um, I think people are going to want to see. I mean, it just depends. Like, I mean, if he could, but if he goes out and wins ten games again, right? You know, because like Whittingham's not leaving Utah, right? Yeah. You know, like maybe Chip Kelly wins. But I mean, but like Chip Kelly's probably not going anywhere. Yeah, he's like, going to the Big Ten. Like he's going to get right. paid a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, 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 like DeBoer is probably like. I mean, you think like probably the biggest name running around out there. I mean, like Mike Gundy's tried to land bigger jobs for years, but like I don't think Mike Gundy's going to have it together enough next year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, but like that's it. Like I mean, DeBoer is all of a sudden like he's like I mean, Sonny Dykes has taken like all the first year head coach like publicity this season. Um, you know, and like, you know, certainly like USC probably also stole some, I mean, and, and you would say, you know, Oregon, like, you know, also having really good years, like stole, stole some of DeBoer's thunder. But like amongst the guys that you're like, oh, yeah, like that guy, like if you're going to like bet between him and, um, you know, landing in Oregon, like DeBoer set up for like, he might get a big job next year if one really opened up. Gundy strikes me as like a Dana Holgerson. Where he's not going to move up, he's going to move down in a nice, comfortable spot. That, that if you offered him enough money, he would do it. But yeah, I mean, like, how many times has Gundy like interviewed for that Tennessee job? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and each time he keeps putting that ketchup into a cereal, right? Like they just see that he just—he's just a weird dude. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Gundy was—I mean, he. he there's just, I mean, he clearly wanted out. I mean, it just like he must not interview, like he must not, and it's not that he just must not interview well or something, like because it's there's there's, or he just, you know, he got there were better guys in the interview pool, but um, he just cannot like and and Gunny's a guy like I mean clearly he is not going to fit in the Big Ten, <laughs> you know, like he, if he's going to a bigger job, it's the SEC. It's like you know, it's like. You know, Pete Carroll thinks that 9-11 is an inside job, but he keeps that in his head mostly. Well, not all, not all the time, you know, like just it just seems like, you know, his that that flag doesn't fly as much as it does with Gundy. I don't know. Like it seems it, something's going on there, too, because right. The, or Oklahoma State has lost a gazillion players. So it's just kind of who knows. Right. Like they, there was the, the dust up during the covid year with the running back. And it just, you know, I yeah, I could see him going to like SMU. Or, you know, like a team team like that with a little bit of history and, and he'll be super successful. Like he's been awesome. Like how many how many times has Oklahoma State not had the players and then he wins eight, nine, ten games? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is pretty amazing. Well and he found a way to do I mean I mean he found a way to do it with, you know, defense for a little bit. And um this past season the offense kind of picked it back up a little bit. And I'm interested to see I mean, God, like I can't believe Spencer Sanders isn't graduating. Like it's like I gotta watch another year of Spencer Sanders. But um, you know, like they kind of figured it out a little bit on offense, but you're right. I mean, like they've had a lot of transfers out. Like, uh, that was surprising. I got it. Got it. Okay. Well, let's, let's leave it there. We're starting to talk, you know, big 12 footballs. Well, I mean, do we, we didn't, we didn't quite run through the Washington defensive ones. We did it real fast. Oh, let's go. All right. What, what else we got? All right. <laughs> we do it quick. Cause it is, um, it's just the off season. So there's a they're at 65 overall. Now what they did best, relatively speaking, this still isn't a great number for a power five defense. They were 46 on drive efficiency, so they would find ways to get off the field without giving up points. 
And they did a decent job. Again, this isn't a great number, but compared to some of their other numbers, they were 50 in explosive drives. Now, that's still way too many big plays. Where they really struggled was play efficiency, number 88, not great. They did not, they, they gave up too many yards for play outside of explosives. Um, and their negative drives, 103, not forcing enough three and outs, not forcing enough turnovers, not forcing enough bad things to happen to the offense. Um, and that's a combination of a, a really bad secondary and a really bad pass rush, right? Like they just didn't have enough um, there. And and they gave up. I mean, this this defense had a raw points per drive metric. And they didn't they didn't play like, you know, like a murderer's row of offenses over the season, but they gave up. 2.3 like basically 2.4 points per drive which is which is high like that's a that's a lot of points per drive to be given up and they almost always because the offense is so good they almost always had excellent starting field position as a defense because their offense was scoring so much i'm fascinated by what like what they're able to, to piece together because you're right like as you know we focus a lot on the secondary but i mean think of ztf that first year where he was just terrorizing bad def- you know base let's be honest, bad offensive lines. And yeah. I mean, he still gets there, right? He's, I mean, I'm not saying that, but he's not like a, you know, the, it looks like the, the improvement isn't, you know, isn't infinite, you know, like I think there's, there is a cap on what he's able to do. And one of the things that was fascinating about Washington a few years ago is they brought in so many highly touted defensive lines that were big guys in the center and yeah. like I haven't seen that in the last couple of years. So what is that? What is that line in the coming, you know, coming years? Like I think that's that's something to keep an eye on too. And there's not a lot of them. Like that was what was cool about Washington, and they didn't take advantage of it, right? I think it was Jimmy Lake's issue, and you know, and then now it's here, where yeah. like Latui Gasanoa, I get it, like he's he's good, but they just didn't right. Think of like uh, it was a Jacob Bandis, and then um, uh, the guy that's terrorizing people on Tampa Bay right now. Like that, there's some really nasty, and even get, like Greg Gaines, like really good, right? Like yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry, Greg Gaines was that because like he yeah he came he came after uh, after Vita Vea, and yeah. he was awesome too. <laughs> You're like oh man, this is that's why they could put like two guys with their hands in the dirt and then flood everybody else like behind the cameras. So anyway, yeah, that that's. Keep keep an eye on that, Washington fans, because you're gonna need you're gonna need a few more big guys, and there's not a lot of them to pick from. And if you're not paying them, and if you're not recruiting them, then now you, now you're running like even a three three five. Even if they even if they're playing those younger corners, right? Like playing them, like I mean, you remember a couple of years ago in Colorado, just like ate it, and they're like, all right, play the young ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like young players learn on the go. Right. They are. You're going to I mean, and I mean, I'd be interested. Like, I mean, you might like, look, if it's if it's close, like Ty is going to go to the younger guy, you might as well play him and like, you know, start getting ready for the next couple seasons. But like Washington could could, you know, Washington could uh, take some in the chin, you know, this, this next season. Right? Even even with like what are likely better players. Now, your payoff might come next year or the year after. Yeah, I mean that. When we when I say next year, the I I think people are literally thinking next season, the season after next, right? And the year after that, you would you would have some guys that could really play. It's just more a question of is somebody going to pick them off, right? Because Colorado, right? It was like, wow, oh, these, yeah. these corners are pretty darn good, and then USC's like, thank you, and then Oregon's like, thank you, and that was the end of that. So uh, well, that's what's so so tough. I mean, I think about like the current setup for 
you know, team, like I mean, for if you're Washington, you definitely feel like, yeah, I've got a shot to to keep my players. And like, let's say you're like, let's say a guy maxes out, gets all American status at Washington, like Ohio State could pay, <laughs> you know, like and probably outbid you for that guy, right? Like, yeah, that's what sort of gets that's what sort of gets tough in this new, like, I mean, you're in, I, I think probably the best thing and, and it's like inconceivable to, that we are saying this, but like considering where we were a couple of years ago, but um, the best thing for the sport is probably a collective bargaining agreement that like in some ways, like just allows the schools to directly pay players and then can put some rules around how much schools can pay the players. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, seeing what happened at Florida, you know, a few days ago, that that sounds better and better for a lot of these schools as they move forward. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's wrap it up here. Um, any? So you're you're still in off season mode, Rob? Looks like a uh, Bill Connolly like stuff comes out in a few weeks. Thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I mean, because like we have some finalized recruiting class rankings, right? Like we still have this. There's still some unsigned players out there running around, right? Yeah. Um. So we'll go to the final signing day. Um, then we'll get Bill Connolly's update of returning production numbers. Then we'll run the projection model and then we'll start doing previews. I'm probably going to do like one a week this, this, this year. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm just so excited. Oregon State got a quarterback. Well, uh, I mean, he might not be good, so but he, they got fun. one. This is going to be so much fun. Like that, like I, I still think it's funny because like, uh, I don't, th- I don't think Clemson's problems were all his fault right so like i'm excited like this is this is a great like this is a great match for him i think for oregon state right like we talked about like they have so much they have have so much going right around him on offense like he's not going to have to he's not going to have to go out there and win the game right like that's what's great like they can they'll still be able to run the ball yeah oh absolutely um okay cool well thanks everybody for tuning in Basketball season's coming up. We're not going to cover it, but we will be at the Pac-12 tournament. So if you're planning to be in Vegas, we will be there and very excited about that. Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week.